Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of The Big Ticket, Variety and iHeart's movie podcast. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Today, I have a very special guest, Renee Zellweger. I actually first met Renee 23 years ago at the premiere of Jerry Maguire. It was on a cruise ship in New York Harbor. We still, to this day, have no idea why Jerry Maguire had its premiere on a cruise ship. But Today, we are here to talk about Judy. As we know, Renee already has one Oscar, but she could be picking up another for her portrayal of Judy Garland in the last months of her life. I talked to Renee just after the film's world premiere earlier this month at the Telluride Film Festival. Now, I have to tell you, the sound may be a little wonky because we chatted backstage at one of the theaters, but listen in. Renee talks about transforming into Judy, how she relates to the Wizard of Oz star, and what it was like singing with Sam Smith for the Judy soundtrack. I have that and a whole lot more coming up after the break. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Welcome back to The Big Ticket. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Now, here's Judy star, Renee Zellweger. Okay, your performance, Renee. It is, there are points where there are close-ups on your face. And I don't like the word uncanny because that sounds so cliche, but it's, there's Judy. I mean, I'm a gay boy, so I know my Judy. And you do this thing with your mouth that you're like, oh my God. You've got her expressions down, but it's not, it's not cartoon. It's not like, you know, it's not like someone who's in Judy drag. It's really phenomenal. What was it like seeing yourself for the first time as Judy? How did that process work? Um, it was, it was I, I talk about the, the experience as a series of experiments. Right. And we were just seeing what if. Right. We all had this common goal, and now we just want to see, well, what if? Right. We knew what we wanted to do and what we wanted to achieve in making this film mm-hmm. and telling the story. And now, okay, let's try that. And Rupert, you know, we threw it all on, and then he started to extract, and he wanted to minimize it because he felt like he didn't want to be worrying about what you might see that would distract you. Mm -hmm. He wanted you to be lost in the story and go with it. And that's it. Not question it by kind of dissecting bits at a time, you Mm -hmm. know? Uh, And, and I'm glad, I'm glad uh, that he did. Uh, So yeah, went over to England and we just kind of threw on a wig and did some makeup first of all. And we thought, wow, wow, we could probably do this. The hardest part is trying to figure out like, I don't know, just, 
what the balance was. I suppose. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So because... we did quite a few makeup tests for over a couple, few months. Wow. Yeah, yeah. We did different photo shoots and different lights, and then we did on you know film, and then so it was quite a process. But I'm really glad that he wanted to minimize it. Mm. Uh, I was happy to have the cheeks and the thing and the everything. <laughs> right. and I was to have it hang here. I was happy to have all of that. Right. And after a while, when I learned what a, what prosthetics do halfway yeah. through the day, because you had you had the teeth, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. There's the tooth, mm-hmm. but it's the Judy tooth. Mm. It's just well. See, and this these things were really interesting, um, really tricky because from picture to picture it was different, and I couldn't get. I kept trying to see what's what, and then right. I read that she actually wore clip-on veneers uh, for her performances. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, since she was a kid, and huh. sometimes she wouldn't later on. Sometimes she would, sometimes right. she wouldn't. So that I thought, oh gosh, because there was no consistency, and that made sense to me. How much um, did you study her before filming began? Uh, well, I guess we started talking about it in in 2017. Mm-hmm. And um, right away, you know, right away. And did you just watch in. footage and just mm-hmm. over and over again? Yeah, footage, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some fan sites where they share everything. everything. <laughs> just such interesting things and anecdotes that, you wouldn't find what was the what was the most fascinating thing you learned even if it's just a story that's hard that's a hard one because Mm. there's so much material right the most fascinating thing that i learned um gosh i have to simmer on that one i think i was surprised i mean first of all the obvious I was very surprised and found it shocking that someone who had worked since she was two years old on um, on that level uh, could find herself in financial dire straits at that stage in her career. Yeah. That shocked me. And by the way, only 47. I know. Yeah, I know. Because you look at photos of her when she was 47, she looked like she was almost 90. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm. the consequence of some decisions that were made for her very right. early in life. And that surprised me too. It surprised me um, how naive people were mm. about the consequences of medication in a child's body and what that can do right. to chemistry. Was it, was it naive or was it just we didn't know? Mm, naive in that we didn't know. Or ignorant, yeah. rather, right. is a better right. word. Right. Ignorance is a better word. Yeah. yeah. Because I don't think it's... A, it was as, as sort of nefarious as we're going to do this and we don't care because it, you know, it's a means to suit our ends. Right. Um, it was interesting last night when you said during the tribute that you don't think she would have found herself as a victim. Okay. That she thought these were just professional that she had to do for her career. I guess so, yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't negate that there was longing and anger. Right. Because you hear it and the vocal recordings and in her interviews and she kind of masks it with humor and chat shows when she talks about the uh, just the audacity of it of what was imposed on her um but i don't think i mean yeah i don't think that she i don't think she ever saw herself as a victim she was a powerful person a powerful Mm. woman in what way what do you you mean um she had great um and, and this is my interpretation of, of what I read. And again, that doesn't mean that she wasn't remarkably vulnerable. Right. Um, you could be powerful and vulnerable. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. But she had 
um, what is the word? She had, what is the word, high altitude? Um, <laughs> Drink some more water. <laughs> agency. Right, yeah. And she, while she didn't make decisions, you know, she didn't want to be involved in finances. She didn't want to deal with that. And she didn't want to deal with the bookings and the things and the, mm-hmm. the logistics of the complicated things. Right, about the day-to-day. Accounting and keeping <laughs> books and all that stuff. She was very clear about what she would and wouldn't do and exercising um, what, I guess, autonomy she did have. And she spoke out and was very clear about her opinions about things. And One thing that, I, <laughs> that when I've been thinking about her and, you know, this, especially this time in her life, there are a lot of, you do see a lot of alcohol, drug addicts, celebrities, for lack of a better term. Uh-huh. Well, you, the world doesn't seem to have so much sympathy for them. Judy, it seems like there was always sympathy for. Mm. But do you think there's even, I don't know, sympathy, a stronger empathy and sympathy for her now looking through it through a lens of like me too and times up? Probably. Yeah. Probably. I hadn't thought about that, but I'm sure you're right. But with with women in any profession, Mm -hmm. but at that, I guess the, the balance of power was so remarkably tipped in mm-hmm. the, the direction away from her. Um, I'm sure. Someone mentioned last night how rare it, what it is that we have our um, our beloved treasure American icons and that we know them from childhood into their adult lives. Right. Um, Rupert made an interesting comment last night. He said, America is so young, too, that... Um, our icons and the people who shaped our cultural history um, are still very much with us. Yes, very good point, yeah. There's not 2,000 years to right. be talking about, you know, and forgetting about the people who shape a nation. Mm. I thought that was a really interesting point in terms of connecting us with our love for and affection for. Because it's, there. it's it like right there. Yeah. How do you find yourself similar to Judy Garland? Oh. Or do you? Oh, goodness. I'm sure we all relate in some way, which mm-hmm. is why she unites us. Right. We're all sort of connected in our affection for her. or Because back in the day, when we used to share cultural moments, and they were kind of rare and spectacular, um, we would all watch The Wizard of Oz together yep. once a year. Mm-hmm. And that's what we talked about, that right. everybody. So we're all kind of connected, I think and our affection for her in that way. And her music, when the albums come out, when, you know, there's a, I don't know. But as a woman, as an actress in Hollywood? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, there's the obvious. There's the obvious. What's the obvious? Oh, well, I mean, I understand the schedule, and I understand choices you have to make, yeah. and I understand public scrutiny, and I understand having a public persona where, yeah. um, I don't know, some people might feel that they know you, and that's really lovely and, and a blessing in so many ways. Right. And then there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding and misconception in the mix. Mm. Um, and I understand that too. Um, projection and, and uh, you know, false narratives. Do you, do you remember <laughs> the first time someone came up to you on the street who felt like they knew you? Uh, do I remember that? 
No, I think I just remember it in in, in phases. Right. Um, you're that girl <laughs> from that commercial. <laughs> you're that girl from. Uh, you're the. You're oh, you're in that movie. Right. And you're, and then it was your Renee. <laughs> <laughs> And then it went, oh, wow, Renee Zingwalker. <laughs> and then we got a little closer. Did anyone ever tell you to try to change your name? I feel like Hollywood have done. Hollywood would have done that. I don't remember. <laughs> My brother. He said, don't take the rest of us down with you. <laughs> <laughs> right now, we're going to take a short break. But when we come back, Renee reveals what it was like hitting the recording studio with Sam Smith. Okay, let's go. So we're supposed to be sticking to the script. But we ain't. Because <laughs> that's just not what we do. It's your girl, Tim Bam, y'all. And it's AJ Hey. And we're giving a whole bunch of good, bad advice. And a lot of bad, great <laughs> advice. <laughs> we're trying to teach you how to say when, how, and how much, y'all. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Now, that doesn't always have to apply to your sex life, ladies. It can absolutely apply to your career. Unless your sex life is your career, then it's <laughs> interchangeable. <laughs> We're talking about a whole lot of sex. <laughs> I love the sex. Hey, and a bunch of money. <laughs> love the money and relationships. Yeah, We're going to work on that. <laughs> so listen to our new show, We Talk Back, every Thursday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now we're back with more of Renee Zellweger. So, of course, we have to talk about the singing. And I know you talked about it last night, that it wasn't something that was really, you sat down and said, you're going to do the singing. It just sort of seemed very organic. Well. (laughs) (laughs) To an extent. (laughs) Well, um, you know, this is not, I did not consider myself a singer. And um, Have you seen Chicago? Yeah, but again, I didn't consider myself a singer. Zeta's a singer, you know? <laughs> She's a singer, you know? Right. And I, I didn't I didn't think that I don't I didn't don't know when I made this decision to define myself in this way, but I'm not a person who sings these belter songs. Right. And in my mind, that's not part of my how I identify. Right. Um but Rupert decided that we were going to not think that way anymore. <laughs> and um, and out of necessity, you know, I didn't believe that 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 thing about the muscle and how you can build it and manipulate it, and there are things you mustn't do and things that right. you can do, and mm-hmm. and that it takes time, and right. that no, you can't sing that song today, but you might sing it in six months, and you might not sing it in six months, but you might sing it in a year, and you might hit that note once. Where in your lifetime, maybe in 10 years, you could hit it twice, three times, five <laughs> times. Maybe then you could just sing it. Right. Um, I didn't believe that. I've changed my mind. I understand the process of it now. And mm-hmm. it's an interesting kind of work to stretch your vocal cords and build them up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a really, really interesting exercise. Um, emotionally, too. Why is that? Because you have to find your voice. Mm. Literally. Yes. And I hadn't realized that I'd sort of maybe shut that down. 
Mm. Interesting, isn't it? Hmm. Or that what, it's what do you tiny. mean by shutting it down? Well, it's tiny for a reason. Yeah. Because you're not using it. Right. It's an interesting spiritual connection that I hadn't considered before. Wow. Mm. But so, so there's that process, and then there's the learning songs, and and most a lot of the you probably words. knew all of the words from well, a couple, at least a couple of the songs. Oh, sure. <laughs> but you know, hitting the notes. No, I wouldn't dare. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's the part where you kind of fade out of the singing along in, in the car. <laughs> right. uh, so tell I, me about yeah. filming the movie, singing the song. Right. What was the note that you hit that you're like, oh shit, I hit it. Yeah, it's just uh, in a different part of your voice. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, wow, you're singing, singing is here. No, it's not. It's, it's way down here. Right. Uh, and, uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, any of them at the end of the belting songs, you know, right. that's those are something. And it's in a slightly lower register than I'm, I sing it right. naturally or speak it naturally. Uh, so that was interesting, too, to manipulate to try to be comfortable in a place where you shouldn't be. Right. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of contorting my body at first. I've had to bend over in order to make this. Well, sound the, but also, but talking about contorting your body, there's mm-hmm. one shot where the camera is over you and your back is arched. And mm-hmm. it was Judy. Like, that's what happened to her. Her body was completely contorted. Mm-hmm. Is that painful? Uh, I saw the chiropractor a few times yeah. in London. Sure, wow. sure. Yeah, it was great though. Jeannie, um, to me, um, when I was fitting the dresses and would stand in the posture right. in the dresses, so she fit the dresses to that posture. So they wouldn't zip up if I didn't. Isn't that great? How helpful wow. is that? Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. And I know you've talked about that you did try to reach out to her family. Uh, yeah, yeah. And they didn't respond. Oh, no, it wasn't like that oh, okay. at all. Oh, no, no, no. I, I think that, I, oh, I can't speak for David Livingstone. I'll let okay. you talk to him. Um, uh, but I, I, we have a mutual friend in mm-hmm. who had introduced us in Vegas um, some years back when she did her final live stage tour. Yep. And my friend was the producer of the filming of it. Okay. Uh, what a night. I mean, she started midnight or whatever it was and she going for hours and hours and hours and she was I was so I mean in tears in tears I mean right. what a thing to, to to experience and to see and she's this a force what did and, you what did you want to ask her um I wanted to more than ask her I wanted to express what my intentions were and mm. why I was drawn to this telling of this story that's been mm-hmm. told it seems in different ways and right. um by Lorna especially in, in her novel I mean her novel I'm sorry uh, her biography yeah. and um her autobiography and then again in the in the miniseries that was made from it again my friend who had produced the Vegas show produced uh, me and my shadows yeah. uh and uh I wanted to uh, express that and to um assure her that um that it was uh, coming from a place of love and that it was, um, I wanted to ask her what she would hope, hope from it, Mm. but not to, and, and also to express why I wasn't going to ask her to share things with me because it didn't feel 
to me, it felt that, um, it felt like, um, an unforgivable, uh, solicitation, uh, an imposition. Mm. And I wouldn't dream of it because I thought, well, what she hasn't shared at this point, um, that belongs to her and it should remain her treasure, not her. I know it's a hypothetical, but if she came to you and said, don't do the movie, is that something you thought about? I thought that if she read it, it, and then knowing why we wanted to make this film, didn't, it didn't occur to me that she would ask us not to. Mm. That makes sense. You know, um, it just felt like a, I don't know, it was an opportunity to contextualize things in a way that brought understanding about those circumstances. So you, you can't lampoon her and you can't write her off. And any of the garbage that was written that sort of dismissed her as no good anymore, a washed up drunk, a mm. drug addict, would be in some way, those voices would be diminished mm. by shining a light on um, how these circumstances came to be. I mean, just watch, just watch that telephone booth scene. I think that said it all. She was a great mom. Yeah. Okay. On a lighter note, right. recording with Sam Smith. I know. What the fuck? That's, that's what I said. <laughs> I know. I know. What was that experience Isn't that ridiculous? Like? It's ridiculous. And it took him like two minutes. He's never sung in this style before. Um, and it was his his grand's favorite Judy wow. song. And I didn't know this, but he had done his 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 paper, his final on, on Judy uh, mm. at school. I mean, it's ridiculous. He's so gifted. And what a special, sweet fun person. Have you met him? Yeah. yeah. Isn't he very sweet? Wonderful. Very sweet. Uh, he just sparkles and he just came in and he's like, here we go. He thought Were you nervous? I was giddy. Yeah. <laughs> I was too giddy to be nervous. I was giddy. <laughs> Seriously, two seconds for the man. So when are you gonna release your own album? Oh well. Come on. <laughs> You're a singer. Oh, wow. I know you don't like to say it, but you are. <laughs> Baker. <laughs> Baker. Okay. That was Renee Zellweger. Judy is in theater September 27th. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Big Ticket. Remember, a new episode drops every Thursday. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Malkin. See you next week. If you're looking for COVID-19 testing, look into Quest, the lab that's processed over 25 million tests and counting. 
you can get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's experience and accuracy you can trust from Quest, the largest medical testing lab in the country. So order today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com.